Welcome to the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network. I am your host, Scott Simpson. As always, we are presented by Prize Picks. Sign up for Prize Picks using the link in the description below. Make sure you use code MMN and get your deposit doubled up to $100. We talked about it last week. That's basically free money. Uh, also, make sure to like and subscribe to the Mayo Media Network on YouTube. Again, that promo is MNN. Do it. It is awesome. I love it. You're going to win money. I'm super excited. We're back again for our Tuesday night show. Uh, and I'm bringing my friend on The Real Deal Fantasy on Twitter, LQ Laquan. I know him as one of the thieves. Welcome, sir. How you doing, brother? We are back, baby. Week two. We are looking ahead of. I mean, it's going to be great. I cannot wait to get another week of football and probably lose some more money and some more leagues. <laughs> hey, I'm telling everybody I won, and that's what we're going to go with. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I, 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 I'm transparent. I won some. I lost some. DFS, not so great. Prize picks, not too bad, though. And so I'm really excited to start us off. We're going to do prize picks. We'll get into some start sits, talk about some injuries, uh, and then we'll be out of here and getting you ready for uh, Thursday night football. So let's jump right into prize picks brought to you by uh, the MNN as well, uh, the Mayo Media Network. Let's jump in right away. We're talking Daniel Jones. We're talking Tyler Taylor Heineke. We're talking rushing overs here. Uh, prize picks has two totals here, uh, 22.5 for Daniel Jones. 19.5 for, for Taylor Heineke. What do you think about these numbers? Are, are they are they well positioned? Should we smash them under them? Where are you going on these? Uh, I like the over for both of them. I mean, Dan Jones, we saw him last week, you know, move around and out of pocket, take some opportunities up the middle, rushing the ball. I think 22 is achievable for him. Now, Taylor Heineke, definitely. That's a smash. That's one I'm very comfortable with, with 19.5. That's something that I think he could smash in the first quarter, possibly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you know what? Uh, on the local radio station here in Washington, they were comparing him, not favorably, but just saying similar to the Lamar Jackson model where he gets outside and he's more effective outside the pocket and he kind of yep. can move. So 19.5, I think it's a smash. Also, uh, circling back to Daniel Jones, I like that bet too. 22.5, he averages in the four games against the Washington football team 30 plus uh, yards or 30, like point, you know, five, three, something like that yards per game. Yeah. So that's eight yards over. That's going to, I mean, that's normally where he fits in there. He said games where he's run for 74 yards against them, 33 yards. So uh, I, I do like the over in that. Uh, let's, let's transition to the running backs. Now talking about uh, totals here, Saquon Barkley coming off poor performance, only had 10 carries, 26 yards against a uh, stout Denver Broncos team there. Uh, and yeah. then on the other side, Antonio Gibson, you know, he had 90 plus yards. Uh, both their totals are pretty low. Uh, Saquon 52 and a half. And then Antonio Gibson 68 and a half. What do you think about these? Now, Thursday night football is always weird for me. I always try to stay away from Thursday night football because the craziest things happen. Thursday night football, the London games, I usually stay away. But I think Antonio Gibson's 68.5 rushing yards is attractive. It is something that I could smash. Now, Saquon Barkley, I think he's still on the short lease. I, I think he's going to be eased into, you know, for the first three weeks into the offense to not be full sent and face injury once again. So 52.5, I'm taking the under on this one. Now, I like that. Historically, Saquon has done great against Washington. Touchdowns, receptions, I mean, the whole nine yards. But I think you're right. Uh, caution is, is kind of being used here. Uh, you know, you saw them. They had Booker in there, you know. And so I, yeah. I do like. I do it didn't like look terrible. He no. did look terrible. One-handed catch. He looked great. I, like I definitely, that. I definitely like what I saw out of him. So I still think this is like a three-week thing where we see Saquon rush for under 
50 yards. So I can't take yeah. this over on them. Now, I, I'm looking for both uh, defenses to play a little better than they did in their initial matchup, which is kind of bad for offense in some respects. So let's jump back to offense now, of course, obviously. Uh, Daniel Jones passing over for his total is 231.5. Similar for Taylor Heineke, 239.5. So within an eight-point ranger or eight-yard ranger. What do you think about these? Are you going over, under? Are you doing mix and match? Is it total fade? How's it looking here? Uh, I might, I can't see Daniel Jones lighting it up on Thursday night, prime time against a Washington defense with their secondary playing lights out. I definitely think I'm taking the under for Daniel Jones here. Heineke, it's hard to see it, but I'm a believer on Heineke. I think he could throw over two, 240. Mm, no, I, I like that. Uh, Daniel Jones uh, in his four games against Washington, he's four and oh, which is, which is great. I mean that you, you're sure. winning games, right? That's good. Yeah. But He's not passed for, he's averaged around 220 yards, 222 yards a game. So in that range, he has to do a little bit better than his projection. And so uh, maybe he can do that, but these Thursday night short turnaround weeks, you know, normally, like you said, they've been, they're not normally offensive shootouts or one team smashes the other team. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be kind of the the battle of the, you know, uh, the toilets right now, which is, you know, the the, the NFC East, like it should be, you know? So um, yeah, I I like that. Uh, I like the Heineke rushing over uh, more than the passing, just because I do think he'll rush uh, easily over that. If you're looking for a smash Uh, the other one is a good bet, but I think the first one is a great bet. Uh, Let's jump to receiving yards, right? These quarterbacks are going to throw the ball around. Uh, even though the, the the totals are up high for the quarterbacks, uh, if you actually divide it by the number of yards that are being parsed out to the receivers and the backs and the tight ends, uh, you have a you have a value there. I think in all of these receiving options. So, was there yeah, any that yeah. stood out to you either on Washington side or on the Giants side that you kind of were like, this is the best bet of the receiving options? Um, it's uh, it's hard to say, Slayton. I definitely want to see him hit that 35.5. I think it's achievable, but I'm going to stay away from Slayton. Now, Dami Brown, 27.5 yards. Also, another one that's attractive, but I'm probably going to stay away. So I'm smashing on Terry McLaurin. I definitely think the 65 yards is 100% smash. He's the number one target on that offense, and we saw him get his first target as soon as Taylor Heineke took over at quarterback. So I definitely think he's going to favor him. He's his security blanket. 65 yards is a smash. No, I, I think you're you're right on track there. In the three games that McLaurin has played against the Giants in his career, uh, he's had nine targets, 12 targets, eight targets, seven receptions in each game. Uh, the lowest amount of yarding uh, yardage that he received was 74, only 74 yards. That was the least. So that's a smash over 62. So I, I definitely think he continues that trend. Uh, uh, by the way, last game he played in November, he got 115 yards and a touchdown. Uh, really did a great job. Uh, and that was, I, I believe that was, uh, that was in Washington. So another game in Washington. So uh, I, I like that a lot. I, I'm also looking at that Logan Thomas, uh, 46 and a half. I uh, like how that. How did I miss that one? Yes. Uh, you know what? That's my low hanging fruit. And the reason being he had three for 30, uh, which was good. And it was fine. You know, uh, he had 12 points, uh, did pretty well, but I think he has more in him, uh, particularly with Heineke. I think Heineke, you saw him deliver the football to him. It was not uh, our yeah. boy for magic. He was out. Heineke got him that touchdown. He trusted him one-on-one. I love the adjustment that Logan Thomas made on that catch. If you didn't see it, uh, it was uh, him one-on-one in the corner of the end zone. The ball was kind of back shoulder. He stopped, adjusted, went up and got it. Great athletic play, uh, got him in position to, to you know, get away from the DB and put himself in between the DB and the ball, which, I mean, that's every coach wants that. So I love Logan Thomas in this game. Uh, I also like him later uh, in the reception totals, which we'll talk about in a second as well. But uh, 46 for me. Uh, on the other side, 
Uh, yeah, Kenny Galladay, 49.5. That's, that's kind of cheap. And so he didn't get all the targets. Sterling Shepard, obviously getting the most targets there. Uh, yeah. But Kenny Galladay, it takes two or three for him to get to that total, you know, so I could see Kenny Galladay, you know, four catches for 70, you know, something like that, four catches yeah. for, for 65. So I like the Kenny Galladay, uh, you know, it, it's a cheap, Kenny Galladay, honestly. And uh, and he played. He played last week. He wasn't a, a, a no-show. So uh, he was on the score sheet. We, we checked for sure. Yeah. <laughs> he was out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right, cool. Uh, let me jump down now. We're going to talk. And, and this is where the receptions come in. So maybe we can kind of marry some of those, uh, you know, takes we had a, a little bit earlier. Uh, Terry McLaurin, yeah. 5.5. Are you smashing the over on that one like I smashing. am? Smashing. He, he's going to get at least nine catches, at least. That's what I'm saying. Nine catches. You could book that. Um, I do like the the Kenny Galladay, like you said. He only needs like two or three to hit the yardage. Maybe he has more than four four receptions to do so. I definitely like, you know, Tam McLaurin and Kenny G here. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and you know, for me, I like that Logan Thomas four. If it was four in a hook, you know, you're not going to push yeah. on the so uh, take advantage of those little half points. You know, you don't know how good you have it until you lose on a hook. And then you go, yeah. oh, I had, no, I had no hook. So uh, no hook. <laughs> take that while you can get it. Uh, I, I'm kind of fading the Adam Humphreys too necessarily. I mean, he should sure yeah. get it. He could. I mean, it's, in, it's an easy to get and it could be two back-to-back plays. But, uh, you know, he only had two targets in the first game. So uh, I'm not I'm not thrilled to, to see what he can do necessarily. Um, but that's just me. Anybody else there before we jump to fantasy points, which by the way, cool, cool prize pick section. I love this, but yeah. Uh, no, we can move on. And those guys just aren't sure bets. So here's what we're looking for. Any of these bets could hit and you could go out on a limb and just make a, a, a crazy bet and go, oh, it could happen. Yeah. But I think what we're trying to do is this is your money. This is where you're trying to triple up quad up, you know, six max up. You're trying to make a lot of money. So we're trying to give you the best bets that we think are going to hit based on game script and kind of where the weaknesses are and kind of what we see happening. So with that being said, we've got some quarterback totals here, 17 for Daniel Jones, 16 for Taylor Heineke. Uh, you favoring one or over the other? Um, Probably Heineke. Probably Heineke. I, I think he could have more than 16 fantasy points, especially with the rushing upside. It's definitely a smash when it comes to low points like this. I definitely think he can have two touchdowns, one to Logan Thomas, one to Terry McLaurin. Why not? So that's easily putting him over to 16 fantasy points there. Yeah. He also has that, that rushing touchdown upside. They get down by the goal yes, line. He does. He can just, you know, do the read option. So, no, I like that a lot, too. Uh, on the other side of, uh, you know, their, their backfields, you know, you have Saquon and Antonio Gibson, 12.5 for Saquon, uh, which to me seems really touchdown dependent in, in the kind of the limited. Yeah, it really, it really does. It, it does seem touchdown dependent. And I don't know. I can't touch Saquon for these first three weeks, to be honest. I'm just going to stay away completely and then wait until next month to start seeing Saquon get into Saquon routine. You know, I don't think that's a, a bad thing to do because you're you're uh, looking at the data and you're saying, I don't feel comfortable putting my money there. In the yeah, volunteer. it's your oh, money. It's your money. money. Be smart with it. <laughs> my money, I think Antonio Gibson's 16 uh, fancy points is a better hedge. If you're looking at those two backs, it's a higher yeah. total. Um, Just think but- about it. Like, when have we ever seen Saquon Barkley this low on fantasy points to, to even have this projection here? I think it's an obvious sign that he's going to have a slow start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you saw that in the first game. He had 2.6. Is that how many points he had? Something like that. Yeah, it was very depressing to see. 
Well, there's, we're going to talk about, there's a bunch of running backs who underperformed. And uh, when we get into kind of start, sit big names that you trusted and uh, quarterbacks too. Uh, but uh, that being said, I like the 16 points uh, in, in the Washington uh not backfield, but, but wide receiving core, that's Terry McLaurin's number. So for me, I'm not going to sit here and, and Laquan's like, here and go smash, uh, you know, Terry McLaurin, <laughs> Terry McLaurin and then think he's not going to get over 16. Uh, you could stack all of your McLaurin bets together. That's what's really yes, great. That's what's oh, great about prize picks. Yeah. Put them together and go, I think this one thing is going to happen. And if you're right, you don't have to pick every single part of the game or every single position, right. In that, you know, kind of DFS mindset here, Terry McLaurin, that is your best bet. That's the best player on the field. And I'll take the Logan Thomas too. So, you know, if you're going with Laquan, you're going all Terry McLaurin, you're going with me, I'll do Terry McLaurin. And I'll also go Logan Thomas. So you, you, you kind of have two dual threats there and and 27 points combined. I think they both hit over. I think that that's just a a low total right now uh, for those two weapons on the team, honestly. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Logan Thomas, I could see him having a great game as well, being the number two target as well. So, Hey, full send it. I'm right with you, Scott. Is there anybody over there on the Giants side? I mean, Sterling Shepard and Galladay have both have kind of low, low mid totals there, 12 and a half and 12. Are those hanging fruits? Are they one of them's going to hit? You know that, right? I mean, one of them's going to hit. One of going to hit. It's just the fact of picking the right one. And I honestly don't like the matchup with his secondary. And I think Daniel Jones with his turnover problems, I think he had his 28th start with his 40th turnover. And it's like, Ah, oh, man, you got to secure the ball, man. You, you got to do better. Well, I, I saw him fumble and I tweeted out. Uh, I said, uh, uh, shockingly, Daniel Jones has fumbled the football. Shockingly. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, the commentators jumped on the fact that this was like his, you know, his first uh, is his, 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 uh, 58th straight game, 69th straight game with a turnover or something. You know, yeah. one of the yeah, since football, he's turned it over, you know, so I'm out on, on Daniel Jones, uh, kind of his receiving core. A little volatile for me, uh, given that. So, all right. Well, that was great. Please go check out Prize Picks. We love them. The link is down in the description below. Make sure you smash that promo code MMN. Get your $100 deposit. When you make a deposit, you get that money back in your bets. You win it, you can cash out, uh, or you can let it ride, which, you know, that's a I mean, Laquan, can we let it ride? You know, we're going <laughs> to make that money. So uh, yeah. let's, jump, let's jump into start sit right now. Uh, there was a lot of upheaval this week in the NFL. A lot of crazy things happen. Uh, players that we expected to do well did not do well so uh, I got a couple players you, you feel free to throw anybody in there I'll start off with with kind of somebody who we thought would smash in a plus matchup Ryan Tannehill uh, going up against uh, what we thought was a, a weak Cardinals defense I think Malcolm Butler retired before the game I mean it's <laughs> not uh, one of those like you know tough tough matchups against the yeah or against the Buffalo Bills. This seemed to be an easy matchup, and Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones struggled. They they were out of sync yeah. because Julio not being no in chemistry. Practice, none. None. The balls were behind them or in between spots for they he the, the touchdown uh, uh you know try, the apparent touchdown try, he didn't get it. Uh, it was jammed up in his arms, like he couldn't get his arms extended. He didn't know where to put them to get the ball. It yeah. just looked weird. And so uh what, what do you think about Ryan Tannehill going into Seattle uh this week? Uh, you know, he, he could redeem himself. He could jump back or the struggles could kind of continue. How do you see that ship steering itself uh, this week? I think he can have a bounce back. I think uh, it's the week one nerves is definitely a chemistry and timing thing between him and Julio. But, hey, A.J. Brown is still out there. He still has the chemistry with A.J. Brown. So I think he would just shift his attention more to A.J. Brown because I think it was more so trying to please Julio, trying to get him the opportunity to make the big plays. But we saw 
that a lot, but rare, rare situations where we see Julio drop. And I think he had like two drops that were, you know, his hand, if the ball hits you in the hands, you got to catch it. That's basically how I'm going to square it up. I mean, I feel like the touch an opportunity, that's definitely something that's timing. Timing can be, you know, built and be perfected through practice, through reps, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not too worried for season long, but I'm definitely still starting Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Well, I I love that you you picked up on AJ Brown. I mean, AJ Brown is a stud. He had a touchdown in the game. That's a, that's a man's man right right there. You know, it's a woman's man. I mean, everyone loves that guy, you know, (laughs) made like a a video and started singing and Getting Julio Jones to come on his team. I mean, that is just, that's the man. I love AJ Brown. So uh, I do think he can turn it around. Uh, maybe somebody who cannot turn it around, who looks like he might be dead. Matt Ryan ranks Ooh. 30th right now. Holy crap. Do you trust him at all? I mean, you know, hey. they're going to have to throw a bucks. What, what, I mean, he, are they going to lose like 40 to nothing and like get no, I mean, it, it, are we going to see you know Rosen in? Like what's going to happen? Hey, I don't know if we'll see Rosen. I think Matt Ryan, He's struggling right now because we're seeing the effects of no Julio. So we all know Calvin Ridley is still Ridley. He's going to see his targets. But Pitts was supposed to come in to replace Julio Jones. And we're kind of seeing Matt Ryan struggle with decision-making. That's not something we're used to seeing. I think it was more so Julio was his safety blanket. So he was able to throw the ball up and just know Julio's coming down with it. Ridley running the under or running whatever route he's running. Okay, I'll take this shot. So I think more so he's taking shots and his decision-making is a little delayed because he's not too sure. Now we have a full preseason camp, OTAs, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm pretty sure it is to a point where they just need the game time reps of like a full speed game. So week one, I'm not too worried about Ridley. I'm not too worried about Pitts, but Matt Ryan does worry me on the end if, if I'm trying to put him in starting lineup. So I can't put him in starting lineups until I see some life. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that, too. And uh, what you said, really, it, it might be that might be the kind of the case. You know, you're kind of dissecting Matt Ryan there where he he could throw it to Julio, knowing that that guy had a great contested catch rate. that He would do what he needed to do to get the ball or it, no one would catch the football. Right. It would not be a turnover most of the time. Uh, and so for, for that, Kyle Pitts trust not there. Also, interesting fact uh, from the game, they targeted receivers 10 times in the game. They targeted running backs 11 times. And and listen, when you're throwing the ball on third down, third and goal twice to Mike Davis, you're doing it wrong. You have to throw timing routes in the end zone. You do not drop back and hope and pat the ball and look around and hope there's a touchdown waiting for you. You know where your guys are supposed to be. Put the freaking ball where they're going to be, Matt Ryan, and then their job is to go get it. You can't sit back there and pat the ball. That's it. That's I'm out on Matt Ryan. So I'm with you. Sorry. Uh, I didn't lose a lot of money on him necessarily. I'm just, I'm tired of his uh, uh, failures limiting the upside of the skill position players for Atlanta, uh, particularly Calvin Ridley. That guy needs to have the ball in his hands in space. He's one of the best receivers in the game. So get your, get your stuff together, Matt Ryan. All right. uh, Let's jump over any other quarterbacks, by the way, that you want to kind of, you know, start or sit anybody on the fringe there that that we maybe haven't touched Uh, on yet. Jared Goff, I mean, he didn't have a terrible game. I mean, he got a lot of garbage time. A lot of those fantasy points came in the fourth quarter when they were trying to make a comeback. But I've said in the offseason he could be a top 20 quarterback. I mean, if we want stars in the moon for Hawk and Swift, we got to give some credit to Jared Goff to be able to execute the plays and et cetera, et cetera. So I definitely think we can see Jared Goff as a, you know, a QB two, but if you don't have that efficient QB one, you can go ahead and throw Jared off and he'll put 20 to 25 points on the board for you. 
Yeah, and most of them will come in the fourth quarter. So don't get upset yeah. at halftime if you've got like six. You know, they're all coming later. So, uh, all right, let's jump to some uh, stud running backs. Uh, you know, who, listen, you, we talked about Saquon. Uh, he's on this list. Aaron Jones, Saquon, Zeke. Uh, I mean, these are the best of the best. And then we got rookie Najee Harris, who, you know, a lot of people made, you know, they made their first RB1. He's my RB1. He was the first pick in the second round for me uh, at the 12 position. Uh, all of these players scored under six fantasy points. Uh, and really disappointed and, and probably lost their team, uh, maybe unless they overcame it with some, you know, huge performance from Dak or Tom Brady or Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, they, they really hurt their squads here. Saquon 3.7, Aaron Jones 4.2, Zeke 5.9, and Harris 5.9. Anybody you're sitting on this this week? Are you starting all of them again, giving them another chance? Or, or, or for example, Saquon maybe broken, maybe not playing this week in your starting lineup. What do you say about that? I, I can't see myself sitting any of these guys just because of the draft investment. Um, it's kind of hard to sit Zeke being that we saw it was more so of how the game just shaked out. He was doing very good in pass blocking. He had a great game, I think. But for the fantasy aspect of things, they weren't really running him the ball. I definitely think Zeke will have a bounce back when the time is right, when the game is going in that way. Now, I definitely think Tony Pollard being involved in the passing game as well is kind of hurting Zeke to an extent when it comes to PPR upside, but I think Zeke will be back to Zeke fairly soon. I just think, it, like I said, week one jitters and everything's out of the way, but to touch on quickly on Aaron Jones, um, this question came to me, I think, uh, a little bit earlier today by somebody, and Aaron Jones, I can't sit either because Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. I definitely think he just had a bad game, game relocated, traveling. We got to remember the game wasn't originally where it was at. It was in Jacksonville. So I definitely think, you know, with the traveling restrictions and all that other stuff like that, them going through what they're going through behind the scenes with Aaron Rodgers and the organization, I think it will be cleaned up this week. Yeah, no, I think uh, you're right on that. I'm going to go Aaron Jones again. Uh, Najee Harris, good and bad here in his performance. One, he couldn't separate from anybody, whether it's coming out of the backfield or in his pass, uh, you know, catches. At one point, he had an open end zone. Nobody between him and the end zone. Uh, he caught a little flare out of the backfield, and then he was caught immediately, like immediately uh, by the middle linebacker. And so I'm a little disappointed. Harris does not have that burst that I thought he was going to have. Uh, I'm going to keep starting him in my flex because I need to. He's my second round pick. But are you concerned about him? You think it'll take a few weeks for him to get started? Uh, we're talking people were talking Levon Be Le'Veon Bell here. You know they were, they were really yeah. whispering this. So uh, how do you proceed? Um, I am going to be a little worried for the next coming weeks because that O line it just didn't look good. It really didn't look good, and we knew that coming into the season. So I'm going to be a little worried about having him in my starting lineups. I hope we can have some type of upside going into this next week. Um, what I did like was his usage. I mean, the snap percentage was very impressive. He was on the field most of the time, which is great. We know nobody's back there behind him to take his job or take the touches. So we kind of just have to ride this train until we see otherwise, until we see a consistent low point scored, and then we got to bench him. Mm, yeah. All right. So let's let's uh, pivot to, you know, better times, points that are being scored. Elijah Mitchell, uh, you know, if you ever heard of him, I, I maybe I heard of him. I don't know. Maybe I have him on a best ball team. Maybe he hooked me up this weekend. I don't know. Possibly. But I'm just yeah. saying Elijah, <laughs> Elijah Mitchell, not not Elijah Moore, by the way. If you're talking Elijah's this year, people talking yeah. about Elijah Moore, no Elijah Mitchell. Is he a must start? Uh, he must start under the knife. He's out for the season now. Uh, is yeah. Elijah? So going to go RB1 on us here now, or is Trey Sermon, I, you know, I'm just saying, uh, I, I, I've seen people say Trey Sermon starting next week. You know, it's going to happen. 
I feel like this is a situation where I'll, I'll miss out. I won't lose. I won't lose sleep if I miss out on Mitchell because, for the simple fact, we sh- like we see, you know, Shanahan's a liar. So, <laughs> what do we do week to week? We can't deal with these kind of things when we're looking at fantasy. So, uh, I don't know if he's a must start. I'll start him this week, though. I'll start him this week. He could see 19 touches again. Sermon coming into the equation does throw you know me a different way. It kind of sways me to like. Can this be a consistent start? That's where the question comes. But I'll start him this week. He has a leg up on Sermon being with reps and basically, you know, just being in game time full speed. So Mitchell this week, but the week after that, I don't know. Yeah, don't blow your fab, kids. You know, keep, keep your free agent auction budget uh, down low uh, this week. You know, I'm just saying. Uh, on the other side, uh, I want to talk Atlanta running backs. Mike Davis, we all, we all kind of knew that. Ooh, dumpster fire. Daryl Patterson, though, I think he was averaging like like seven and a half yards per carry. It's uh, ridiculous that he keeps doing this to teams. Like he keeps doing this to running backs. I, it's annoying to see. I, I wasn't on the Mike Davis train for the simple fact that Mike Davis, his opportunities with Joe Brady were because CMC was out. So he literally fell into a playbook, into a role, into the system where he's going to see that PPR upside. Now he's in a role where he needs to be the pure runner. Falcons want to use him like they use Todd Gurley in the red zone. That's where the upside comes with Mike Davis. But being that they're still having red zone troubles and they're doing weird stuff in the red zone, the Falcons have always been terrible when it came to the red zone. So I definitely think, you know, Mike Davis in this situation, I don't know what to do with him. Yeah, I, I didn't draft him either, but that Cordero Patterson looks interesting, and uh, we'll see what comes of it. I think this week against the Bucks, Cordero Patterson, I think, would be the better play. If you're chasing uh, a garbage time touchdown, I don't know if Mike Davis will be in there with his quads. He's got to rest those quads. You know, those things, they, they take up a Too little heavy bit of now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is, this is the thing, man. If people don't know. This, people always say, you know, Scott, why are you so lumpy and not like felt and tight and like jacked? Well, because all that muscle mass takes up a lot of energy and you got to keep giving you know, yourself protein. So, you know, I, I think Mike Davis can't hydrate and protein enough on the sidelines to get him in the game this week. He's not going to be a factor. Uh, if anybody, Patterson, I think it's going to be the guy. But I'm baiting both those guys because the Bucks defense is ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous, man. Ridiculous, yeah. Okay, let's jump to wide receivers. We talked about it earlier. Julio Jones, uh, not Julio Jones, right? Not the, I mean, maybe the old Julio Jones with his hurt Julio Jones, kind of. I mean, maybe shades of that. But not the Julio, Julio Jones that we know where he catches yeah. the football in traffic and he's the guy for you. He still had eight targets. He, you know, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, Six. he had the volume. I'm not, I'm not too worried, though, to be honest. I think they'll get it together very soon. We just need to be patient. Do you start him this week in Seattle? Touchdown upside yes. all. Yes, I'm starting them regardless. I just, I just need to, I just pe- need people to understand Julio Jones is still Julio Jones. If he has the volume, he's going to get it together. The two drops that we saw last week, again, week one, don't overreact. It's kind of like the preseason too for them because they didn't get a preseason. Uh, don't forget, Tannehill was out on the COVID list for a while too. Didn't get the reps, so th- th- I-, I think they'll get cleaned up. And uh, I-, I do think Julio is somebody that you're going to play. Uh, let's talk about somebody you might not play, uh, and-, and this is where I'm at. I have him on my team, uh, Tyler Boyd. Uh, you know, are you playing him? He's obviously the third wheel now, and, and I mean, yeah, Jamar- he's the third wheel. I'm not liking it. Jamar Chase led with targets. He has the volume, the connection, obviously prior with Burrow, so he's going to be his favorite target. So I think Jamar Chase is the real deal, and then Tyler Boyd kind of falls in the background. He'll probably have his weeks, but I'm not looking for week to week to have Tyler Boyd in my flex. 
Yeah, no, I think he is mitigated to the bench for now. Somebody who, uh, by the way, uh, maybe he was on your bench. Maybe you started him last week. Russell Gage, 0.0 for you. Uh, this is a guy who had over 100 targets last year. Is this just the Matt Ryan you know, denigration effect here? Or is he going to have something in his tank this year? Or should we just get rid of Gage? What's going on with this situation? I'm dropping Gage after this week if I see anything less than 10 points, to be honest. Because... Way he came out last season, like the first two weeks, he had enough volume to where it was for us to run to the waiver wire to go get him. Excuse me. So it's like to have zero points. It's like whoa, what's going on? There's no Julio there. That that second wide receiver two option is there for you, and it's like he he's a good football player. So it was kind of weird to see that happen. I don't think they're forcing targets to Pitts. I think Pitts is just simply getting open. So. In my philosophy, targets are earned, and he didn't earn any of those targets to put any points on the board. So Russell Gage is on a, a time clock right now. Tick-tock for Russell Gage. Somebody else <laughs> might be on a time clock, too. A wide receiver one, apparently not. Marquez Callaway, uh, you know, kind of uh, only had two targets, one or two, which is fine. Uh, but James Winston threw five touchdowns, none of them towards Marquez Callaway. Is he somebody that you can even keep on your team now, or is he going to come back? What do you think about that offense now that we've seen it in real time? See, here's the thing. I wasn't a believer in preseason because for the simple fact it's preseason. And I believe that Winston wants to play it safe. He's not going to do those aggressive deep shots that we saw with Callaway. And that's the only reason why people got excited about Callaway is because of the deep shots. You know what I mean? There was nothing else, nothing else that we had evidence or anything that we saw for him to be a great possession receiver, to be a guy that Winston can rely on. We just saw big plays and we're like, hey, Marquez Callaway. Great. So it's like I think he's on a ticking time bomb as well. He has until week two, week three with me if I have him on my roster. But he's starting to look like how we just spoke about Russell Gage, man. It's we need to see something before we start putting you in lineups. No, I like it. All right, let's jump real quick down to tight end. We got two candidates here to talk about starts it. One of them is Kyle Pitts. We kind of touched on him before. Eight targets, only four receptions. Uh, Matt Ryan didn't look great. Do you play him this week against Tampa Bay? Good defense? Uh, Tampa Bay, no. I'm sitting Pitts. I know he gets the volume. He could pop off. He could have a touchdown, but not the Bucks defense. No, not, not, not even going to pull the trigger on that. No, uh, I like that. What about uh, Robert? Tunyon Funyon, I'm, I'm gonna make sure I say his name right. Uh, <laughs> 2.8 fantasy points or two point something, two point irrelevant uh, versus Detroit. Is that just the whole uh, Packers team sucks? So write it off, and he's got another shot. Uh, or he know, gets another you know? shot. We we knew going into the season he was touchdown dependent. So I think at least against Detroit, he'll be able to put up points because Detroit is actually actually terrible, absolutely terrible against tight end. So I think. I definitely think Tanya can have a big week and get some, you know, fantasy managers happy. Yeah, no, I like that bounce back. All right, let's go to a couple Twitter flex questions. I like these. These are pretty good ones. They'll make you think here. Uh, we've got Debo Samuel, who, I mean, obviously is now the number one wide receiver on the 49ers, nine receptions, 12 targets, or Deontay Johnson. Uh, who are you leaning this week? Um, 
I'm going to go Deontay Johnson. I definitely like that he was able to come back in the game, put on a touchdown on the board. Um, Debo Samuel, also another guy that I, I love. The volume's there as well. Kittle didn't really show up as well. He was another guy that didn't show up like big time. But I think Debo, again, was earning those targets. You got you to gotta hit him. If he's open, he's open. The thing is about Debo, he's a great talent. We know he could ball out, but it's the health. It's the health. He can go out in the second quarter. He can go out in the first quarter. Not saying Deontay Johnson can't because he did. But he came back and he put a touchdown on the board and made us happy. So I definitely think I'm leaning towards Deontay basically because I feel as though the volume is more there going into this next week's matchup. Yeah. Well, and, and Kittle didn't have a, a big game, but he could. He could next week. They could kind of favor him next week. We'll see how that goes. Uh, here's one. Sit Julio Jones for Corey Davis or Melvin Gordon. What do you think? Would you do that? I mean, Corey Davis had two touchdowns. You know, he's definitely the number one wide receiver in, the, in New York. Yeah, he's the number one wide receiver, and he's a guy that Zach Wilson looks for in the end zone. So I, Corey Davis is a smash for me, and all, cylinder, all cylinders are going to be hitting. I definitely think Zach Wilson tries to target Elijah Moore, but he doesn't want to force it to Elijah Moore. He is safe with Corey Davis. I, I really feel like Corey Davis is a smash every single week. Yeah, no, I agree. And I saw a few of the passes down to Elijah Moore. Double coverage. Uh, it's not yep. going to get it. You know, and this is the thing about it. When he's on the field, he needs to be on the field lined up all over the place so he can be disguised like Tyree Kills. Yeah, disguise him. Come on, man. When you put him out there, you know what he's going to do. Then you can double cover him. It just Exactly. It's, it's and I also, what I hit on in the offseason, I feel as though Elijah Moore is going to see the number one corners. So, therefore, that lets Corey Davis get open on the under or whatever the case may be, any route that he's running against not – say he's a scrub corner, but a subpar corner that's probably not going to be able to cover Corey Davis. So that's what's probably going on. No, I like that. And Corey Davis has that size and strength that he, yes. uh, kinda, he's an athlete. Yeah, he's a big man. So, uh, grown-ass man, as this Pete Overset would say. Shout out, Pete Overset. All right, let's jump in. We're almost done. Uh, you know, that that was also brought to you by Prize Picks and Ghost Smash, the Mio, the Mio, the Mayo Media Network, uh, MN. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Pascal, love that one. Uh, and uh, make sure that you sign up. Uh, you get that $100 deposit match as soon as you do. All right, let's talk injury news right now. Three main injuries, big-time injuries. Uh, Jerry Judy, oh, my gosh, I thought it was just curtains for him. Thankfully, high, 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 high ankle sprain, not looking great for a couple of weeks. Uh, what do you think about the Jerry Judy injury? Uh, Tim Patrick, smash pickup, yes, no? Yes, 100%. Tim Patrick led all Broncos wide receivers in the red zone, so it was no mistake, no accident that he was able to find the end zone in week one. It's going to happen again. So Tim Patrick is definitely a smash if he just lost Judy for four to six weeks. I think Judy will come back. I think it'll be a slow start, of course, as any injury is, especially a high ankle. Um, we probably won't see Judy's name until week 10. But again, I think Tim Patrick will be able to fill his shoes in for the first, you know, first couple of weeks now. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. Raheem Mostert out for the year now. Uh, you know what? Listen, he was out for the year as soon as he got hurt. Uh, that's just yeah. kind of that's yeah. nothing new. I was like, oh my God, pretend to be surprised. Like, yeah, I mean, I thought I would get, I told my wife, I said, I played him in DFS because of the matchup. I said, uh, he could have given me a half, you know, I mean, he didn't even give me a whole game this year. It's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, it was like weird. It was like 11 plays or something like that. My, my favorite part was when, uh, you know, Eliza Mitchell went in for the touchdown. They had the Elijah Mitchell graphic on Fox or wherever it was. I think it was Fox. And then they showed Raheem Mostert like sulking over on the sideline. He had like a yeah. portal look on his face. I was like, oh, I, I just lost my job. <laughs> oh, man. Hired so, guy. 
Yeah, the, the Disney story is over. Behind, sorry, it's over. Uh, and and the story might be over here too for the not Disney. I mean, this isn't a Disney princess. This is more like Beauty and the Beast situation. Ryan Fitzpatrick out. He's got a hip issue. Uh, yeah, tough break for the Washington football team. But I actually think it's a better break for them. And I think Tyler Heineke gives them or a uh, Taylor. Yeah. Sorry, Tyler he gives them a little bit yeah. more oomph in the boomph. I know you'd say that, but Ryan Fitzpatrick's a gunslinger. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is uh, going to turn the ball over more than, than Heineke will. So uh, yeah. what do you think about Fitzpatrick? Is it kind of like a blessing in disguise for Washington or kind uh, of a somewhat because it shows that they secured uh, Heineke for a reason. I definitely think if they didn't last season, then they'll be in trouble with Kyle Allen. So I think Heineke, he, he's a good replacement. Like you said, he's going to turn the ball over less. Yeah, and, and, and sadly, Ryan Fitzpatrick won't be passing the ball to Curtis Samuel either because he's on the short-term IR. So both of the Washington football team's high-priced uh, free agents bringing in to change yep. the offense, not even playing. So you're back to kind of last year and De'Ami Brown, who honestly I think it's going to do well uh, this year, hopefully yeah. give more, more touches. So, all right, that was great. Laquan, I love it. This is always going to be you know one of my favorite nights to do fantasy football. It seems like a quiet night, but it's not. Not with you and I. No. We're burning it down. <laughs> giving people what they want. So uh, let me ask you, where can people find you? Where are you working right now? Where's your fire content coming from? Well, obviously you guys can find me here at the Mayo Media Network, fire content only every single week. You see the face, you know the case. You can follow me at Real Deal Fantasy HQ on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, of course, and YouTube as well. And I'll be putting out flaming hot content every single day of the week, not Sundays though, because obviously we got red zone on baby. <laughs> Lord's Day. That's so you watch football all day. There you go. That too. That too. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> I mean, the Lord wants you to watch football. That's what he wants. That's why he made it on Sunday yeah, and Monday. That's why he woke me up that morning to watch week one football. <laughs> Every day I just thank the Lord I'm alive for football. I know why. Yep. Yeah. And you can honestly find me over at nimblewnumbers.com where you get the fire football content, DFS, GPP, cash game content. We're kicking it there all year long at nimblewnumbers on Twitter. I've got the Fantasy Millionaires Monday at 10 or 9.30. Yesterday we had Denny Carter on the man, the myth, the legend. Oh my gosh, it was great. Uh, Fantasy football hot stove this Saturday at 8.30, chalk blocked at 10, bringing you the DFS content. So I'm all over the place. And of course, I'm here at the Mayo Media Network, you know, kicking it with Pat and Pete and uh, Lauren and LQ and everybody else who are amazing. So do please subscribe and like and smash all those buttons that they tell you to smash down on YouTube. Uh, and please go sign up for Price Picks right now. Link in the description, promo code MNMMN and get your deposit match up to $100. Best of luck, everybody, this week. Have a great week. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.